What's up, everybody? Welcome back to episode four of Shield Talk, your number one growing podcast for the Las Vegas Raiders. I am your host, M Raider, and I hope you guys are all doing well today. Welcome back. We're back here again. Uh, Monday, so that was yesterday, took a day off because, you know, I was busy getting news together because of this whole, you know, the the league meeting went down with the, they were going to talk about the protocols with the virus and training camp and all that. So they had this big meeting. These NFL owners had this big meeting about, you know, uh, safety plans and protocols, the preseason, you know, all this stuff that needed to get solved before the um, actual season started. Uh, have they solved it? Maybe. They're very instinctive in what they're trying to figure out. They, The NFL and NFL Players Association are like, they're like at war right now. They're like at, I, I don't know, it's like, it's crazy. It's like uh, back in the, ni- the, ni- uh, the 1990s when uh, Kobe and Shaq teamed up together but then they broke up because, uh, well, they ended up fighting in the news about uh, each other and stuff. You got if you, some of you guys might remember that uh, Rip Mamba, but uh, you know it's crazy how much they're fighting. It, it really is. It, it really is. Um, they just can't seem to get things right. Anyways, they finally had this meeting and they hammered a few things out. I don't know how much uh, uh, how. Uh, strict or how st- uh, firm those plans are, but uh, we're going to talk about those. But before we do that, you know, we're always going to do housekeeping stuff around here. So um, you can listen to the podcast on Stitcher, Beaker, Spotify, Radio Public, Google Podcasts. If you guys have a Google system, a Google Home system, like the ones that spy on you, kidding, but like the ones that you could uh, listen, you could uh, call demands into. You guys can just uh, say, uh, hey, Google, play Shield Talk, and it'll work out. So that's, that's actually pretty cool. Um, and I'll be trying that myself. But anyways, other than that, go follow my Instagram, mraider.ig. If you guys want to get a hold of me on any suggestions you have about the podcast, it's where you guys are going to find me. I'm always active, so there should be no issue getting a hold of me. You guys can also go follow the official Instagram of the podcast, Shield underscore Talk, and that should be there too for you guys to enjoy. Um, other than that, make sure to leave us a five star rating on this podcast so we can get more likes and views. I'll be opening up advertisement windows here pretty soon, so um, that's gonna happen. And other than that, guys, that's pretty much it. So Last episode, at the end of that last episode, I did tell you guys that I got an assistant that was going to start helping me out with some of these podcasts, um, working on the outside, you know, he won't be, he won't be coming on the podcast, the actual podcast very much, but he'll be helping me out here and there, you know, um, he'll be working on the outside with me. So I had him record a 25, uh, second voice clip to introduce himself and I'm going to go ahead and play that for you guys. So let's say hello to him. Hey, Shield Talk listeners, this is Raiders Fan Fields here. I don't know if you know who I am, but I'm actually a assistant to M Raider. I do some behind-the-scenes stuff. I, When he needs ideas, I give him some ideas, and I help him with some things here and there. And I have an Instagram fan page called Raiders Fans Fields if you'd like to follow me. Uh, me and 
M Raider, appreciate all you guys. And there you guys have it. Raiders fans feels one of my favorite Raider pages. Good friend of mine. Uh, really cool guy. Really cool kid. Um, he wanted to come help me on the podcast when uh, we were discussing that whole um, multi-podcast team deal before that all folded. But uh, I kept him on because he's really good with stats. If there's anybody you want with Raider stats and graphics, you got to go to him. But anyway, go follow him for awesome Raider news. There's obviously a reason why I'm going to have him on here occasionally. Uh, so go follow him. He's worth the follow. Trust me. Um, he's always on it. He's got good skills. You guys will enjoy his content. But anyways, let's go ahead and dive into the episode now um, of the owners meetings or the league meeting. And I'm going to dive into a lot of stuff. So here we go. And that little transition helps set the tone for what we're about to talk about. And man, oh man, do we have a lot to talk about. So we're just going to go over timeline by timeline of the, the, the uh, day or yesterday when the meetings took place. So the day started with, by them saying that they and the NFL Players Association were, Association were talking about uh, a modified season plan that said, hey, um, instead of having two preseason games, let's just have one. Really? How? Oh, it, it, it got ridiculous. It really did. They went from four to two to one. It's like, at this point, just eliminate them all. And we're going to talk about that in a while. But, um, like, come on now. That's freaking ridiculous. That's funny. You got to gotta love it. Um, it, it, it it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, it, it, it was really getting ridiculous. It really was. So then after that, a report came out that the meeting was going to happen. So at the meeting, they discussed a lot of things, such as the NFL's idea program, uh, idea program that was the housing safety program plan for all 32 teams. So ESPN had talked about this uh, the day I was talking about the virus and why I think there'll be a season. But they noted that all 32 NFL teams had this plan that was supposed to be a health and safety protocol plan that they were supposed to approve. As far as I've heard, 22 of those teams have gotten it approved, while the other, I think, what, 12? Wait, let's do the math. 12. 11 or – I think 11. Anyways, let me think. Hold on, hold on. Oh, 10, sorry. I was thinking because – anyways, so, yeah, while the other 10 teams needed to get that approved. So um, it's supposed to just keep them safe and – you know, it's supposed to socially distance the buildings and the training facilities and uh, the the practices and the testing, all that. So uh, that was supposed to that was supposed to happen. The NFL contracted with this uh, company to get this possible a bunch of doctors, a bunch of scientists and testers to get the, get all that done. So there's that. And then a report from the Athletic came out talking about Mark Davis's stance on fans or no fans. So obviously. For you guys that don't know, um, Mark Davis is pretty pissed off with the fact that they might not, there might not be fans in Allegiant this year, considering this is the stadium they helped build. And myself, I'm pretty upset about it. You know, we get out of Oakland, we get out of that that that, that stadium that was rotting on us to get this nice, just crazy, glacierous and glamorous stadium, and now we can't even have fans in it because <coughs> so uh, people don't want to wear their mask. But uh, you know. It, <laughs> Uh, 
I know some of you guys are going to go back and rewind that and laugh all the time, but, uh, you know, it's just crazy. Anyways, Mark Davis said that he wasn't happy that there was no fans and that he couldn't imagine telling one fan that they would have to miss out on the inaugural game uh, that was going to happen at the stadium they helped build. And he's so right, you know. That stadium was supposed to open up with a bang against the same time Monday Night Football. It's supposed to be a fun time. Well, because now, yikes. So, um, they re-interviewed him and asked about his stance going into the meetings. And he uh, basically re-upped his stance, saying that now, if they don't allow fans, it's all or nothing. He says that if he said that he says that either all 65,000 fans will be in the stadium, or none will be, and he won't be either. So basically, if there's no fans, no, if there's not, if there's nobody but the 53 players in the stadium, or the uh, what 23 active on game day plus the coaches, he won't be going. So, uh, unfortunately, he might want to save up on that direct TV, uh, that direct TV deal to uh, start watching games on television because it doesn't sound like that's gonna happen. Sad but true. Pain, pain, pain. Um, but you know, just that that sucks. That sucks. Really does. Um, so we'll have to wait and see how that goes. I'm, you know, not the biggest fan of it, but we got to deal with what we got to deal with. All right. So after that, a report from Victor Perk came out about who the way don't forget is a very credited Raiders information source. I got a lot of hate on Instagram yesterday about uh. There was a bunch of people coming at me about, oh, well, your news is fake, M Raider, or oh, well, you're uncredited, you're posting false, uh, you're posting false information, or oh, well, he didn't say that. Why am I gonna post something when, it, you know, even though it was said, it's not confirmed yet? Come on, now I know that Mark Davis was talking about having no fans, but there was nothing confirmed by the NFL or the league offices, like they confirmed the fact that the Jets and the Giants won't have fans. If that something like that would have happened, well, guess what? I would have posted it. But no. Oh, my God, you're a fake. Oh, my God, your news sucks. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What does it follow? Unfollow me then. Golly. Guys, on Instagram, the, the follow button, the, the unfollow button is not very far away. So, I mean, come on. It's it's simple. Ugh, freaking people. Especially this one Raider fan page. I'm not going to mention anybody, but God, that guy gets on my nerves. Um, but anyways, 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 so Mike, uh, Victor first said that Mike Mayock is looking at all options to amp up the competition at the, uh, with our young secondary. And I love hearing that. I really do. You know, other than Prince and Mukamara, our secondary isn't very <clears throat> established or, uh, seasoned with veterans, you know, Mullen and Arnett are the combined age of 23. That's not something you want for your corner number one and corner number two. They're not going to be phenomenal this year, although I do see them improving, but the secondary is going to continue to be a weakness. If this was last year, we would have talked about the linebacker position, but, you know, now that's improved, thank goodness. Um, God blessed us above, but, uh, you know, now it's going to be our secondary. And so um, I did note somewhere in my post yesterday that I think we should go after Jacob Patrick. Jacob Patrick is a Paul Gunther guy, formerly a Bengal. Um, and, yeah, he's not the best. But we don't need the best. We just need another vet presence in case somebody like Arnett's not ready to go. Um, there's a lot of people that actually believe that week one, Prince of Mukamara is going to start aside 
Trayvon Mullen uh, because of the fact that because, you know, all these reps are now shortened because of the virus and our training camp and all that, that Mike Mayock and John Gruden aren't going to be comfortable putting our net out there into the wolves. Um, The same goes for Amika Robinson, which is obviously understandable. And I'm not saying that uh, Prince Mukamara is bad, but you don't want him starting at your corner number two. I mean, who am I kidding? Um, he'll probably end up starting there. But, like, who's going to start at corner number three? You're going to put Arnett there anyways. Um, I guess I could try Keyshawn Nixon there. They're pretty much screwed. You know, I know they got the slot corner position, but, like, our cornerback dip isn't very deep. And I did I did mention that I think we should go after uh, Drake or Patrick, and I think that would solidify our secondary a bit more. But, uh, you know, there's always that one guy that comes charging at you because, oh, my God, well, you're fake news. Why would we want to sign Drake or Patrick? Clowns. But, uh, um, you know, it's just it's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy what you have to deal with at the Reddit fan page, you know? But um, I'm going to stick to my own opinions, so. Yeah. Um, I would play the clown music, but I'm too lazy to activate that, so that's not going to happen. Anyways, so that happened, and I would, like I said, I would love to have some more secondary pieces. I, would, I wouldn't mind that at all. Drake or Patrick would be an awesome option. I guess I could go after DeAndre Baker, but DeAndre Baker's got some issues going on, and uh, technically he's not released quite yet, so yeah. I mean, but... You know, these cornerbacks on the streets, you know, like Jacob Patrick, they're not. They're, they're only one call away. I think that Gruden and Mayock should do it. I think they should. I really do. Especially when he's a Paul Gunther guy. Paul Gunther loves his guys. Um, with that also being said, Vinny Borgigris from the uh, Las Vegas Review Journal was talking about how Rookie training camp, well, when the rookies report to camp, will look. uh, Actually, they reported today. So he was saying that it's going to be a light week for the guys and that they're just going to get acclimated and they're going to get themselves back in shape, get tested for the virus, and go from there. And I think that's great. You know, I'm part of my school's uh, football team, and that's exactly how they did it too. Uh, Obviously, facial coverings are required, but, uh, you know, there's that. And that's great to hear. He also uh, he also noted that rookie signings will take place. And actually, editor's note, um, this morning, Henry Ruggs agreed to a four-year deal as the 12th uh, overall pick slot worth 16 point. Wait, wait, hold on. Let me, let me try to remember. I think it was – let me let me double check. But I think it was $16.47 million of his, in his contract. Let me just double check on that. And – it was $16.67 million. So I was a little off, but $16.67 million, which also includes the fifth-year option. He was also making an extra $9.25 million in incentives and stuff in that contract. So that's nice. But, yeah, he signed his deal. And uh, we should be expecting a lot more of the rookies that come in to be signing their deals shortly here. A lot of the league doesn't have the rookie signed, obviously, for this reason, but of uh, the virus, but, you know, those things should get set soon uh, or else the rookies can't report to camp. That's the rule, I guess. So, yep. Um, 
With that also being said, the NFL and the NFL Players Association officially agreed on how virus testing will be performed in the facilities. The teams will be instructed to start daily testing for the first two weeks of camp, which means that every day when these players come in, got to sit them down, got to social distance them, and then, uh, you know, test them, whether that be by nasal swab or, you know, in the mouth or shoving that uh, that little tester out their cell membrane. I don't know how the NFL is going to, like, what, what they're actually going to use to test them. Um, but I would hope they would take some pages off the NBA's book on how to do that. But, uh, you know, that's, I mean, ugh. But, um, you know, so they agreed to that. And they also said that if they're going to do that, that they're going to do the everyday testing for two weeks. And if the rates amongst the league go down, Within the next two weeks, by five percent, by a percentage of five percent, right? By a percentage of five. If those, if they go down, if those rates go down within the, within two weeks of, of a percentage of five or less, then they'll scale back on testing, um, to where players only get tested uh, once a week, or twice a week, not every day. And I think that's pretty cool because I know that there's going to be some players that probably just get really tired of it. But you know you gotta do it, um, so that's cool. And if the if the uh, cases go up or if there's more confirmed positive tests, then they'll have to keep doing every day. So basically, they're telling players to get away, pick your poison, and we can play football. You know, uh, act your age or we, and act your age, and we can play football. The NFL um, today submitted or released their first. Uh, testing results, and out of 300 and some players they tested, only 85 tested positive. So that's great. That's a lot. That's like at least, what, 3% of the entire league. But, you know, that's better than what it could have been, especially for the first time going into the facility and getting tested. But uh, I, we don't know which players got which players tested positive. You would hope it's no uh, Raiders that are actually important. But, uh, you know, it's uh, – you know, we'll have to wait and see. But it's definitely good what the NFL is doing. Now, can they keep that plan in place? I don't know. But, you know, I was telling my mom the same thing I'm going to tell you guys the other day. The NBA had zero players test positive out of 326 they tested over the last weekend. Okay? The NBA also put together a formidable plan in place of a restart that we're going to see come into effect tomorrow as the, as the NBA is resuming tomorrow night. Okay. They had three months. All right. Their season was going on while their season was active when this all came down. Okay. Unlike them, the NFL had six months to figure something out and they couldn't do it. But yet the NBA players association which, by the way, I think is headed by Kyrie Irving, who is a numbnut. They came, they came to that conclusion of a season within three months, but the NFL can't do it in seven to six. What? You know, they—it's crazy. They're also allowing players to, you know, put all these quotes on their back, on the back of their jerseys for uh, systematic racism and all this, and you know, social injustice and. You know, they're keeping the players safe. They're putting strict protocols on them, and they have better testing results. And, 
Uh, they hired all these doctors in Orlando. And yet, I, I know that the NBA is not, I mean, I know that the NFL is not doing a bubble, but you mean to tell me that the NFL couldn't do that? A million, a multi billion dollar company couldn't do that? But yet, another million, uh, another uh, multi billion dollar company could do that. Really? With less players, okay? It's like, how? You know? And it just goes back to show that the N- that the NBA is miles and freaking kilometers and uh, just days and years ahead of the NFL with everything. You know, I don't want to go on to a tie right here, but just to give you guys a point. You know, the NFL actually is taking it. I mean, the NBA is actually taking into consideration of, you know, everything that's going on in the world right now. Roger Goodell hasn't said anything. Besides the fact that without no black players, there's no NFL. Meanwhile, Adam Silver's doing everything he can, getting the uh, Black Lives Matter planted, painted on the courts. You know, uh, recently you had you've had things like I'm trying to think of what else you've had things like uh, you know all this freedom and stuff, freedom of speech and stuff, and just everything really. And, uh, you know, they, they've also recently had, 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 you know, had their way in terms of how they want to get their voice out there. And yet the NFL couldn't even do that, you know. I think it just goes to show that Roger Goodell is not a good commissioner. That's all I got to say. Adam Silver is one of the best commissioners in sports. And, I mean, when you have zero tests out of 326 and you're keeping them in tip-top shape, uh, props. And it just goes to show – that the NBA will always be light years ahead of the NFL because uh, Roger Goodell is not a good commissioner. Let's get him out of here. So I just wanted to go on that tirade because, you know, it's just crazy how that works. Crazy. Anyways, so there's the, there's the opinion on the testing. And then finally, what I really wanted to get into was the preseason. So yesterday, Adam Schefter reported that the uh, Players, Players Association had talked about offering no preseason games this year. And, uh, well, it passed. And, well, I'm not very happy about it because you got to feel for those guys. You got to feel for those undrafted free agents that will now no longer will, will, will um, probably not even make it to their first camp anymore, especially the ones on the really tip-top cusp that are, like, getting paid the least money that have no chance. You got to feel for them because, you know, by the NFL having no preseason, you might be missing a diamond in the rough. You know, if there's no preseason, I, I, I doubt we find out about Alec Ingold. If there's no preseason, you know, all these good NFL players or all these good gems of NFL players don't get their chances. And it's like, no, they're not even going to because – I feel like the NFL Players Association was very selfish in thinking about this. I think they just wanted the twenty-one sec, the twenty-one day window to acclimate themselves back into football shape, which isn't a bad thing. But you still have to think about those kids, those diamonds in the roughs that you know are out there. And you know, uh, I'm just going to use J.C. Trader for instance. He's the uh, president of the Players Association, but. You know, if he sees somebody on the Browns who he really likes and thinks he can make the roster, he can't even advocate for his own teammate now because he decided to have no games. So 
you know, some of these guys don't even have a chance anymore, and I don't like that at all. I feel bad for them. You know, that's the reason why these leagues like the XFL and the AAF existed until their uh, demise. But, you know, come on now. At least have one. No, we don't want any because uh, we don't care about these little scrawny players. We're the big men. I, I think that's ridiculous. If I were a member of the Players Association, I would be quite ashamed. I really can't believe they're just going to out these poor undrafted free agents like that, man. It's, it's quite a shame. You got to feel for them. I'm not happy about that at all. You know, as taxing as the preseason is and as boring as it is to watch third spring players do absolutely nothing, I mean, come on. These kids want to live their dreams. They just, you know, it's like, just do it, you know, but it's like now they can't even do that because of some selfish players in a selfish players association board. So uh, shame on you, NFL Players Association. You guys should be very ashamed of yourselves. I, I just, I, I think that's ridiculous. You know, you got to feel for them. I, I don't like that at all. At all. It's just, it's crazy. Now, you know, guys like, I'm trying to think of some good Raider free agent, uh, uh, Raider uh, undrafted free agents that might uh, might actually be on the cusp. You know, like Javon White and, uh, Trying to think of some other good ones here. You know, like Javon White and all those big, you know, undrafted Frazier names, they'll, they'll make it, you know. But, like, guys like, you know, guys like uh, that that one Mike Panasuk guy, the uh, undrafted defensive tackle that we signed, you know, he might not even get a chance now. He, I think he, he's pretty good. You know, the uh, seventh receiver spot, or I mean the sixth receiver spot, between Keelan Doss, Zay Jones, and Rico Gafford, and I don't think Rico Gafford's going to be part of it, but, you know, uh, Zay Jones and Keelan Doss and Marshall Aitman. They, you know, Keelan Doss and Marshall Aitman not, might not even make it now, even though they might, you know, show, show out this year. Because why? Because there's no live action to prove that these kids got it. I mean, training camp, they can show what they have, but they need to go against live action, and they're not going to be able to do that now. Because why? Because the NFL Players Association is selfish. It's, it's, it's sad. It really is. The NFL Players Associ- Association took a big L this year. It, it, it's crazy. It's crazy. You know, the uh, kicker battle. You know, um, Don, uh, Dominic Ellerby might not be able to push out Daniel Carlson like he should, you know, because Daniel Carlson sucks. You know, that. You know, Daniel Carlson might not lose his job now. You know, it, it, that, that sucks. Um, and I know that's probably, probably sounds hateful, but... You know, I don't like Daniel Carlson. Anyways, you know, Marshall Aitman might get cut. You know, all these guys that might be diamonds in the rough now might not get, might not make it. In addition, they're only going to take 80 players as opposed to 90. So the you know, Raiders and all these other NFL teams are going to have to cut 10. That aren't even get to show, aren't even going to get to their first camp to show what they have. How sad. How selfish and how sad. That's a shame. Got to feel for him. Got to feel for him. Um, somebody brought up that the NFL is going to, when it's all said and done, we may be looking at 320 cuts because of the 80 roster rule instead of the 90 now. Like, it's just terrible. Just terrible. Got to feel for him. I'd be ashamed if I were a undrafted free agent. You know, like, that's just terrible. Just awful. 
Uh, you would hope that some of these guys latch on elsewhere, but, you know, it's just awful. But anyways, guys, there's my opinion on what the league meetings had to entail. And um, I'll be starting training camp battles here pretty soon. And uh, just get ready for that. We're going to talk about quite a few battles. We're not going to talk about... We're not going to talk about every position, but there'll be some that we talk about. So just get ready for that. But until then, guys, thank you guys for listening. Once again, I'm your host, M Raider. And uh, thank you guys for listening to Shield Talk, the number one growing podcast for the Las Vegas Raiders.